0: James. Hey Duncan. How are you dude?
1: Oh, well, thank you. It's now, what, halfway through March and it's our second podcast for 2021.
0: Uh, it's just been, oh, I don't know, a tough sort of time. But anyways, uh, welcome to Cloud Tricks where James and I discuss a topic. It used to be more inspired by something, but now it's just a topic that we think is interesting. And this one mm. I've called, the best things in life get better because you make them better. And this is a concept that I had no understanding of when I was 20. Um, So I thought I'd sort of start, James. Is your life how you thought it would be today when you were 20? Or if not, you know, why?
1: Well, like, short answer is not even remotely close. Oh, that's not fair. Uh, It's not at all how I could have imagined. But I definitely had some, like, axiomatic uh, aspirations, such as, having a life partner and children and starting a family, all of that kind of stuff. Like very much, you could almost fit anything into that as long as it um, you know, answered the question. But other than that, no. Like I, And I also think I knew that at 20, that I had no idea how my life was going to turn out.
0: I definitely had an idea of how I thought life would turn out. But it's not this. Um, I think if you described most of what I do, that 20 year old me would be think boring. So as an example, an <laughs> ideal Saturday for me is doing nothing it's like literally just sleeping in then it's kind of like maybe having breakfast or something then it's like (laughs) watching something on you know the internet like whatever netflix youtube and falling asleep in the middle of it and then just waking up an hour and a half later um it's not socializing um so to me that's like oh my god ideal whereas 20 year old dunker was like let's go do an activity let's go whatever now I'm like no activities but not you know you know that you guys do something but you don't have to do something, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm. Um, and so the other one is like Sundays, I want to write, you know, for two or three hours. And I'd be like, writing? Are you insane? Like this is the worst activity you could possibly think of. And so I suppose lots of my life aren't, isn't just like, oh yeah, I could see of that. It's like literally diametrically opposed to what I thought I'd be doing.
1: Mm. well, I mean like there's, there's, there's a lot in there like when you when you hear this idea of spending your entire Saturday like either just doing nothing or sleeping in and then watching something on Netflix, it sounds like you're just recovering from the week that was. But I can tell you now, <laughs> how like pre children, that was pretty much exactly my wife and my weekend. Like on a Saturday, the challenge was to wake up or get out of bed in time for brunch before the kitchens closed at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> That was, you know, could we meet that 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 unassailable uh, like criteria? So I understand completely how life at this stage seems to be more about enjoying the downtimes as much as the the uptimes, Um, and writing. Like I totally again, I emphasise how you would have thought at twenty, I have just finished. 12 to 15 years of having to put up with this insidious practice known as writing as school I'm done with that forever and now here you are another 10 to 15 years later willfully engaging in this practice like what mm-hmm. has happened
0: well I think this is sort of what I suppose a major point of difference I just thought things were fixed right so for instance <clears throat> You got, like, your first car was pretty crap, you know, and, and then you slowly just upgraded from level one car to level two car to level three car, level four car, right? And, you know, whatever, the top of the tree is like a Mercedes or something, whatever your, your, your cup, you know, like a Bentley or something, right? Uh, and so I kind of thought that there were things like that and they were kind of predetermined and jobs were the same there was like a level one job, a level two job, a level three job, and you started off as a little junior berg, so you were like a level <laughs> one. Um, and then you might go up to level two and level three, right? Minion. But it, it was kind of like life was sort of, I suppose, what you got access to, if that makes sense. Yep. That it was predetermined there were levels, and sometimes you got a bit more lucky, or whatever the right word is, you worked a bit harder at levels. But I suppose, I look at life, the, the best parts of life totally are the opposite to that now. Mm-hmm. The, the levels are, that I thought were externally determined, and that I maybe was able to get that job you know i was applied for it i got promotion or whatever right is the opposite now uh, my job i make right and there are new levels that i didn't know existed and that i don't know exist anywhere else that i've made right and so this is the best things in life get better because you make them better not because now i got the director title from being analyst or whatever right Mm. and same thing with with james like friendships like this is like a new level, this podcast is like a new level of friendship, right? Now, I don't want to do it, the only thing I do with James, it's not what I want to do with every single friend I have, but I don't want to do it nowhere. And if you told me that we'd sit and record ourselves and discuss something like this, um, and then I'd re-listen to it and I would enjoy it, and I would prefer to do that than like going to the pub or something, I just would have laughed. Like it's just, so basically, life is, like what is good in life is so different to what I could have conceived. It wasn't on mm-hmm. the menu.
1: Mm. I think so maybe trying to put some very axiomatic model over this we spent the first let's just say our childhood so the first 20 odd years of our lives with everything laid out for us so we didn't really have a choice of what we did we just did it because we were you know largely or in a generalization we, we were told to And we knew this is what you had to do. You had to go to school, you had to do your sports, you had to do your homework, you had to do all of these things. And so I could imagine the thinking is, once I am free of all this, I don't have to do all that stuff again. But what I think we didn't appreciate at the time, and how could you, is when you're now an adult, you're now in, one, um, I guess, approach is you're now in self-authoring mode. So it's not that you do things in your adult life because you're told to anymore, it's because you choose to do those things. And so it, it has a completely different, I guess, um, value system to it in, well, I can decide what I want to spend my time on. And so I'm only going to do the things that I enjoy. And it's if, if not about what you do, it's why you do it. So for writing, it was no longer Duncan, you need to write a thousand word essay on, you know, the history of the battle at Waterloo is you need to write well, you can write on whatever you find interesting.
0: Yeah, I think this is some... Um, so James mentioned um, Robert Keegan as a Harvard developmental psychologist model. Um, and his model says that there are sort of five stages. Um, the vast majority of, of adults get to socialized mind, and they don't really get beyond that. Um, and so there's an the impulsive mind when you're young, instrumental mind when you're kind of like a teenager. Socialised mind is kind of 20. And I think that society, if you're in a first world country and you don't, you know, you have like, you know, I don't know, trauma at home, you're going to school, gets most people to socialize mind, right? And that's kind of happening external to you. But to get beyond it. And this is a massive simplification you kind of have to drive yourself you have to like you know at some point the point of education is so that you can eventually educate yourself so you're ready to now take over the baton and go forward right so hopefully this is a good job it gets you to the point where you can take the baton over and move forward but you can't do that if you don't have the sort of requisite tools you know so giving it the baton to a two-year-old it's not going to go very well right but giving it to a 20 year old hopefully they can take the, the journey further but i suppose i didn't understand this at all right and so, to me, this is self-authoring or self-transforming. Maybe we're being self-congratulatory, claiming that we are perhaps part of the people that have managed to graduate from past socialized mind. But I think, as an example, was making your own job or making your own friendships as an example. Um, and to me. Um, it's like James and I have a sort of ongoing discussion about the merits of children or not. And I think that they can be done well and they can be done poorly and that you can live a good life having children or you can live a good life not having children. And there isn't a sort of right, but I suppose I'm kind of in some times just wanting to stress test the whole point of like, well, you know, what, what makes sense? And I think mm-hmm. that in the past 20 year old Duncan and James would have been in like a death battle trying to prove that one was right or wrong, <laughs> not, not, and that not saying, well, both can be right for different people at different times yes. and both can be wrong. For different people at different times um and it's 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 sort of enlightening and so i suppose i think the topics we talk about it's not just like regurgitating someone else's point or hey mate i got the promotion inside of the rat race and now i get like next level of pay or something it's like i I, I, my job is made up by me Mm. Hmm.
1: so i think like the, the you know going from 20 year old james and duncan where it was very like absolute in like either it was zero sum like you know one of us was right the other person was wrong Um, (laughs) must have been hard for James yeah it was it was it was hard putting up with the sense that you always thought you had a chance in winning any other other (laughs) (laughs) so uh, having like shifted our awareness that uh, and like you know for full clarification like this was all done in jest and enjoyment we didn't like butt heads because um you know it was something that at a point of constant frustration like because i'm sure people would think like how are you at all friends it was like at least for myself highly enjoyable it was more like this mental joust that we would engage in but it still kind of like had this underlying sense of one of us here is right and the other person is wrong and we're going to you know figure out who whereas now it's about well Maybe there is no right or wrong. And I think this is what you and I have been playing with over the last few podcasts is that, you know, there are facts and there are ideas. Today is Monday. Fact, how do you spend... How, what's a good way to spend your Monday? An idea. Uh, and, I, and I really like playing around with that. And my build on top of that is that there are no right or wrong ideas. There are only incomplete ideas. And so I think, think uh, like, you know, playing with that particular um, mindset means that we can now... Have an open discussion on things like parenting and not have to feel like we need to get to a point where there is an either an absolute uh, position, but there can be well, here's one way to spend your life, and that's you know, raising children, here's another way, uh, and raising a whole raising, of a, company. <laughs> raising <laughs> a company, A little, yeah. pet- little petulant startup. That needs oh, to god, it. sometimes
0: such so <laughs> petulant, it needs to go, yeah. So, um, I think, um James put it this way, like, there are zero-sum games and there are positive-sum games. Zero-sum game, there's a winner and a loser. positive-sum games, everyone can be a winner. And I think when we were 20, um, we were playing little games, whether it's, it was Nintendo or whether it was discussing a topic about anything. And we were just trying to sort of, I suppose, win, if that makes sense, and therefore the other party lost. But I mm. think, and this is an average, you know, we were winning sort of 50-50. They say that people will stop playing a game if they start to win less than 25% mm. another person um and so maybe it was in between that 25 and 75 and sort of you know but on average was it too dissimilar and so it was kind of in, in some respects fun like people play sport and there's a winner and a loser you know it's zero sum and that doesn't make them totally disenfranchised um, but I suppose I think we've graduated to the point where we most of the games we play are now positive sum so I would say that this podcast is a positive sum game where we're discussing an idea where at the end we both hopefully know more about the idea than we did at the start um, and it's not about is the feedback right or wrong. It's about what can be learned from the feedback. It's not about is Duncan's thoughts or James's thoughts on this right or wrong. It's like what can we learn from each other. And mm-hmm. so I suppose that's an example of the best things in life get better because you make them better. Versus mm-hmm. now we're discussing a topic, or I'm winning a higher percentage, therefore it's better. You know. And so to me, the whole thing's different. Like our friendship, this this wasn't on the menu. It just didn't. We didn't. I didn't know that you could have discussions that weren't zero-sum in some respects i I did debate i did debating at school right and it's like a perfect example of a zero-sum discussion Mm. um Mm. and you were were trying to be the victor and now i'm not trying to be the victor i'm trying to to learn i'm trying to help the other party learn i'm trying to have a positive sum game and that's just a totally different thing i just didn't know that existed
1: yeah so this is where uh strangely enough our topic of conversation overlaps the actual podcast that we referenced in this episode, <laughs> um, which is to do with um, Adam Robinson's idea of uh, life as a game or game of games. And I think you and I spoke on this, if not last year, maybe in 2019, right? It's crazy to think it could have been that long ago, where unconsciously you and I were engaging in uh, what, what Jordan Peterson would call the meta game, which is... What rules do you prescribe to over a series of games? And so for you and I, each argument was an individual game, but we both had this unspoken understanding that we were playing this meta game of multiple arguments over a multiple period of time. And by engaging in it, it kind of like sharpened our wit, it made us, you know, more. Resilient. It made us more robust. It made us um, more informed and knowledgeable. Because if we had to argue a point, we had to know enough of that Hmm. subject. Uh, Except for Ivy League school, Duncan had zero knowledge of that, and he (laughs) very quickly, (laughs) very quickly came to came about on uh, on his face. But the point I'm making is that the the what we engaged on, what I think by chance, uh, this practice of what are the, I guess, what are the principles that you've prescribed to? So this is your idea of like, you make things better. Life gets better because you make things better. I think the way you make things better is by understanding what is the game of games that you are playing and what are the principles that make that more enjoyable or makes you get better at it. So for one, uh, one example would be to understand that each argument may be zero sum, but we actually benefit from each argument. Whether we win or lose.
0: Yeah, I think maybe this is if you're looking at meta, meta rules, try to play positive sum games. Now, not all of them can be, but in the developed world, you know, and not in whatever I don't know Syria in a civil war, the vast majority of things are positive sum. Like I think good friendships are positive sum, good you know jobs are positive sum, etc. Um, try to let people realize it's positive sum because I think the default story is zero sum, um, and then try to make new emergent uh, positive-sum games, if that makes sense. So to me, it's not about just trying to play the same game over and over again. Um, It's about trying to make new games much more than it is the same games, if you talk about the game of games. So the the meta game is, if you're a good partner, i.e., then you make a positive-sum game where both parties win, right? And you make new games, which you invite people to play a new positive-sum game. And then you get invited to other positive-sum games, which are kind of ongoing partnerships. So I suppose... James and my friendship uh, isn't one game that we've played forever it, it's actually a series of games that's slowly increasing so we're playing new games different types of games so the podcast is a game of sorts a positive sum game it's not the only type of time that James and I chat but it's really cool and it's, and it's a positive sum and so maybe that's the meta framework play positive sum games try to make sure both parties win and make new positive sum games which you invite people to join in because then you both get to win
1: hmm so i mean like the idea that you know this whole game of games model is like let's like let's start off at the at the, at the basic level of like well what do we mean by, when we say games so like games usually have an objective and then they have a set of rules in which you um are, you play out in order to let's just say achieve a favorable outcome and i think this is where it's helpful to apply this to life because i don't think for myself, as an example, you spend enough time actually understanding what are the rules of the game. And this is where I think a real light bulb moment is that at least when you become a self-authoring adult, you can decide what the rules are, you know, to an extent, like you've got to operate um, function within a functional society and be a productive member and all of that kind of stuff. But what the desirable outcome is also up to you. So you go from this, semblance of like here are the rules of the game and this is what the way in which you need to play by to well you decide for yourself what the outcome is and how you want to play that and i think this podcast is a really good example where um you know you know duncan you came to this uh this friendship with an idea of here's a here's a game that i want to play and here are the rules and here's the outcome and the outcome is really just the enjoyment and um the rewards we get from participating in this and I think that was not available to us before a certain point and now it suddenly is. And we've up-leveled, let's just say, the enjoyment up of Up-leveled? Leveled up? <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Oh, up-leveled up, up, whichever one you want to pull from
0: it. No, 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 up, leveled up, leveled up, very, very clearly. We've,
1: we've leveled up in, in multiple yeah. dimensions. Yeah, the, yeah. the enjoyment um, from the direct uh, relationship of our friendship, the enjoyment we get out of life because of how hmm. much fun we're having when we're doing this before, during, and afterwards. So all of these different things play into the fact that like, well, if life is a game, well, you choose what game you want to play in life as well.
0: Yeah, I think maybe um, if this is one articulation, when we were younger, because we were playing zero-sum games typically, Monopoly, whatever, just verbal just jousting, right? Um, And despite, let's just say that the bounds of who was winning being between 25 and 75%, right? So some games, one person, one percentage higher, other games, another person, but not so much more than that that sort of, they say that typically you don't wanna play again if you're losing more than 25% of the time. So there was a bunch of zero sum games inside of a meta positive sum game, which was James and I slowly leveling each other up and not anyone breaking their self belief of, well I can win or I can play a different type of game. and that was really good because I think we were slowly learning about what, communication, uh, you know, grit, et cetera. But that's shifted to the games that we were playing before were Mario Kart or whatever, to now the majority of the games that we play, we've made. Like this podcast is a game, right? I remember we were having it for a little while, like little sort of like counseling chats, which is just like, I'll talk about my life, you talk about your life type thing, right? Um, so they're games, but these games are also positive sum, whereas Monopoly is a zero sum game. I would argue the the podcast is a game that we created that's positive sum. So we now have a macro positive sum game, which is our lifelong friendship of keep on playing games, you know, in a po- and micro games that are positive sum. And the majority of the micro games we've made up. You can't, you know, order them on whatever app store or something. So it's really interesting um, from zero sum games that we had to get from someone else inside of a macro positive sum games to positive sum games that we make for ourselves inside of a macro positive sum game. Mm.
1: Mm. So there's there's a lot of different, um, you know, semblances there, but I think where this really becomes real for me is in how I practice my parenting. Uh, (laughs) And I think it's a really good example because when you, you have young children, and let's just say children who are not yet adults, helping them understand this, I think provides a a material advantage in life. And the really great example, like you, you probably hear a million times at any, you know, Saturday sports, the coach or the parents tell their children like, you know, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. And everyone's just like, yeah, 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 we just want to win. And I think, you know, while everyone understands there is merit to that, I don't think people understand or at least have taken the time to understand why that has merit. And this goes back to don't lose all your focus on the single zero-sum game you're playing in the moment, but understand what did it mean to play well over the same game over a series of instances. And so for children to look at a game, because like when I play Uno against my six-year-old, like she wants to win. there's no no, like pussyfooting around here like if if she's losing she's not having a good time Mm. (laughs) and so it's a a great opportunity I find at least um, that I take upon myself because I can do whatever I want to try and teach her the value of having a meta approach to this game like she may well lose this game but what does it mean to play well so that i will want to come back and play with her again next time does that make sense
0: Mm. yeah i think it's funny because again like for a long time the world was zero sum um you know we there was only a set number of animals and a set number of berries you know and so if you got rid of other humans there were more for you but then when we started to farm we made nature work for us we didn't work for nature and so the more farming we did the more food that we had and then the population grew right but so many of the stories um, from the past were zero-sum by necessity, and so much of the games you play when you're little, Uno, Monopoly, Sport, are zero-sum, right? And then a lot of education is zero-sum. There's a ranking from you know best at English to worst at English, and best at maths to worst at maths, right? Um, despite the fact that I think the vast majority of the developed world is positive sum now, and that it's not about who's best at English and who's second best. Everyone can be good, and everyone can add value. And so maybe, we need to create more positive sum games for toddlers or whatever, so that they don't feel like losing is bad, if that makes sense. So I don't think there's a winner or a loser in these podcasts, right? It's a game where we both look forward to playing, right? Mm. But can you think of any games that are played which are viewed, or I don't know, like to me, one of the closest ones is a friendship, right? For like a four year old and they're playing and they would be able to play something, whether it is actually a board game, which they wouldn't be able to play if they weren't around, or whether it's just going around and, you know, playing in the sandpit or something. And so to me, there's enjoyment on offer, an emergent layer of possibility that isn't there if you don't have a friend around. Um, and so that's just like creativity. But are there any games? What's a positive sum game game that you can think of <laughs> that w- works for like a four-year-old? I don't know any off the top of my head. A
1: positive sum, when you say game game. Like Monopoly.
0: That... But that's not positive sum. It's zero sum. Uh, Sports. Okay. So, like, okay. what's something... Like reading, but it doesn't feel like a game. Do you know what I mean? Um, sometimes right. we played like, adventure games, I suppose. Uh, so, things like Myst or something, and an equivalent version today would be something like Zelda or something, right? Mm. You could play together. Maybe even, like, Halo. Like, where it's an adventure game where you're a multiplayer adventure game, right? Mm. And you're playing together as part of a team. Fortnite, kind of. Because, in, okay, maybe this is inside of a group sport or team sport... You need to, you have a positive sum game, the, the, you know, a champion team beats a team of champions, which means that a bunch of people playing together well, one plus one is three, i.e. a positive sum game. And they can see this. So there's a positive sum game inside of the team game to beat the other team. So maybe team sport done well is a positive sum game, just like friendship group is, is team sport of some kind. Mm. You know, but it doesn't feel like there's no score. <laughs> you know. But I think when you're younger, you want the score. Can you think of something, James? Yeah.
1: Well, I think so that you, you kind of touched on something already, which is even when there are zero-sum games, it's how you're interacting with other people within that game. So, for example, I think you pointed out with um, like one of the video games where you are all on the same side facing a common enemy. Like even though you as a team could lose, you would still feel more of a sense of camaraderie with your teammates because mm. you were all fighting towards a common goal. Now, I think one could argue there's still zero sum because you as a team could still lose. Like this is the same as a a game of soccer or a game of basketball. Um, So in terms of what is a positive sum game game for children, the only thing that comes to mind is just watching them in a playground. Like watching children who have had no interaction, like never met before, right? Come together at a playground. Like first of all, there's just zero filter. Like, I don't know, Duncan, if you could even fathom being at a bar or at a public setting and someone just coming up to you and say, hi, let's play. And you turn
0: around and be like, okay. It happens. James, something will go for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You probably turn around and be like, who the, you know, who the fire truck are you? <laughs> Get away from me, you strange human. Um, but you see this play out all the time in... in um, in the playground with young children but what you see next is this 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 delicate this de- delicate delicate uh like dance between the two kids in figuring out what they're going to play Right? one child one might want to say like let's play pirates and we're on the ship or the other one might say like um, mm, no okay. we're in the jungle uh and we're going across the, the trapeze and all this kind of stuff and yeah. you would often find they actually work towards some third option that was not available to them beforehand but if in working together to figure that out mm. uh, and they don't always get it right the first time but you can just see this 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 uh, continuity build on top of each other until they're just absolutely in flow and they're just running around playing the same game together now mm. and they both the level of enjoyment has increased but also this new world has opened itself up to both of them that didn't exist for either of them five minutes ago. So i think like that to me like i understand what you mean by game game now which is there there may be a a, a a score or something yeah and a score and all of that but i don't like i can't think of any positive sum game game like that like Hmm. um you know solitaire i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um, but that for me is what uh like what comes to mind when i think of like at
0: least my kids i think i think this is really important um because I think when you're younger, um, you you have, I don't know, you, you're much more externally uh, data point driven, right? And, and hopefully, so Warren Buffett talks about external scorecard versus internal scorecard people. Uh, and I think that socialised minds, if you want to take it from Keegan's point of view, and even younger, I'm very much more, you know, the younger you are, the more external scorecard you are. And hopefully the older and more self-authored you become, the more internal scorecard you are. And so you don't need a physical, well, you know, who won the points, etc., to show these things. And so to me, maybe the game of pirates or whatever James was talking about for toddlers, this is the podcast is this. But to me, you know, we don't play many games that are with a score like you kind of had before. So friendships done well are a positive sum game where both parties want to keep coming back and playing each time. Mm. And even if you're playing Monopoly or whatever else it is, like a traditional game game that is zero sum it can be played in a way where the party other party wants to come back and play or not if that makes sense Mm. and so that's really interesting so we've got to figure out a game that's positive sum for kids you got like this is if there isn't one and i'm trying to think uh, there are there are i suppose implicit positive sum games like friendships but are there any explicit positive sum games where they're win-win
1: Well, I think there's another way you might look at this and you can think of it as there are two games that are happening simultaneously. There's the game of what you are playing and the, the rules that have been laid out and the, the single-minded objective. So let's go with Monopoly for an example, right? So anyone who's played Monopoly understands that the, rules, the, the aim of the game is to collect as many of the assets on the board as possible and run every, all of your opponents out into bankruptcy. But at, at the same time right? So while you and I Duncan Might come together with the desire To play this game While we, all, while we know That we want to win We also know That we're going to enjoy the process Of how it plays out right? If, if, if there was The pure semblance of just Wanting to win Then we would probably choose something That doesn't take anywhere up to about Four hours to play out But there's something about the game, how it plays out and the company that you're in that creates a sense of enjoyment that you would not otherwise be able to ascertain. And I think whether you are consciously aware of that or not, that's a separate game that you're playing to the actual one in front of you. And so for me, I think while game games do seem to have this zero-sum element to them, The act of playing them out is always positive sum, even if you lose. Because you will you will feel like that you enjoyed yourself in those four hours or however long it takes to play out. Mm. And you would want to come back and do it again. Knowing full well that you could lose it lose again. (coughs) So so I think think I've got yeah. Go. No, I, I was just gonna say I think there's a duality of well, there is the zero sum aspect, but there's also the positive sum aspect as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, so. I think I've, I've come to some ideas that I, I think make sense. So there are some games that are ongoing. Uh, so like reading X is one for reading, spark is one for coding, and there is some multiplayer aspects to these things. So you can make books, you can make games inside levels that other people play, um, and so it's kind of like so there's finite games and infinite games, right? Um, for a finite game that finishes. Um, with a score, it's very, 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 very difficult, I think, to make it a positive sum, right? Mm-hmm. But an infinite game doesn't necessarily need to have a score. Like, life is an infinite game of sorts, right? Um, but Did infinite games can have uh, scores as well, things like reading eggs, right? But the goal is better reading and then slowly access to things that are interesting. So, to me, like, I love reading like deeply like so there's a book that's just come out on elon musk uh spacex called liftoff where the journalist was asked to be part of it to help document spacex this is not some sort of external commentary there's all this inside stuff and one of the core bits is seeing elon musk's uh sort of management style now it's not for everyone he's a super hardcore (laughs) but i'm like yeah i want to read this book right uh and so to me it's outrageous so i didn't know reading could be fun if that makes sense a game of sorts (laughs) um And so, so I suppose maybe the trick here is, can you create a multiplayer infinite game or even finite game with points where both sides win? Um, and if so, what is it? Can you think of one? Because there needs to be one. This is like the key thing to build.
1: Well, for me, I, I'm surprised it hasn't come uh, you know, around for you, Duncan, but it seems like creating a company would be a, a good fit for this particular model
0: it definitely well, yeah. is but I'm talking about for four year olds Not like yeah, a company is, a, is an infinite game of sorts for sure a mm. positive some infinite game done well where people you know both parties can win you know whatever the company and the employee mm. both win uh, so yeah
1: well I mean like you would probably just need to talk to teachers because I'm sure they have instances every single day where it would be in, like, incumbent upon them to want to find an activity the whole group can get involved in whether or not there's scorekeeping that's the one that i always find trips you know me up in determining this because if there is a score then you are basing that off something and unless you are purely basing it off a previous score you yourself has achieved then it has to be in contrast to someone else's score which is zero something so maybe there's some idea of, you know, instilling growth mindset in young children, and saying like, you know, here's where you were yesterday, here's where you are today. And tracking the, the growth on that could be something that, you know, you could create a, a group mindset around that would have a
0: positive sum game for children. Mm. I think so. Um, I got up with some friends on Saturday, and, and I had some sort of questions that i just was interested i was like what's your what's your ideal saturday and i set some boundary conditions like just like ideally sort of you know get it done in a few minutes sort of thing because one of them would have just talked for half an hour if you gave them half an hour of space right <laughs> each to their own sort of thing and it was just super interesting to hear hey you know in a few minutes what's your ideal saturday and we just discuss it and all of us did this four of us and then um two of them have kids and two and two of us didn't have kids right and it's like you know What's your what's your favorite bit about having children? What's your least favorite bit? Like not trying to pass whether having kids are always a good idea or not. It, you know that's gonna be quite confronting. But it's just like what's your favorite bit and what's your least favorite bit? Um, just because it's just sort of interesting. It was a game, right? And my my friend of sorts. Like I didn't think of it as a game. I was just like interested, right? Uh, and my friend said to me, "Ducky, you've got really good questions." Um, Aka, you've bought some positive some game. Oh, it was a little activity, right? So in a classroom they would call uh, some activities a single player, you know, one child, some activities a multiple player, two, three, four, whatever children, right? But at the end of it, everyone's meant to learn different things. And there are discussion points, which you you want to talk about, right? Uh, So it's not like at the end, you have to rank everyone first to last. And even though you all made progress, some of you made more progress than others. And the ones who made more progress, you're better than the others, you know, (laughs) not, you know, (laughs) Hey, it's sort of cool here. And so to me, um, maybe that's what is needed. And is this kind of exists because that's what some ipad apps are or whatever but it's like an ongoing series of if you want to call it this activities <laughs> that um a multiplayer that kids know how to self administer if you want to call it that there's no teacher or parent required you know just like they can play a game and it's not frivolous like flappy bird or something you know there's actual um maybe minecraft is this you know what I mean and, and, and so the equivalent of the podcast for us or a good discussion with friends which is a positive sum game where you've got sort of seed questions is, mm. is the same thing that toddlers can have but you can you can scaffold it a lot more and it's not just Monopoly getting better or, or something yeah
1: so one one idea I have that like I definitely can't take it much further because I have never played it myself but would be Dungeons and Dragons yeah it's a good one because you are actually in the company of your friends telling a story together and guiding your heroes on their like, quote unquote quest for treasure or whatever you have uh, and so you have the, the well, I think the dungeon master who kind of like owns all of the um, antagonist pieces but he's also the storyteller he or she um, and so all the other friends are banding together to try and navigate this, their heroes or their pieces through this story so I mm. think that might be some some idea of, well, there is a less you know quote unquote a winner or a loser, either heroes win or they lose. But you and your friends together, I think only create a positive experience from that, irrespective of the outcome. Would that be
0: fair? Mm. Yeah, I think there are sort of things like this, but you, you can make so some some movies are thrillers, right? Uh, and to me, they're, <clears throat> they're exciting and engaging in escapism, but there isn't much substance to them. You know, it's like junk food, if you want to call it that, right? So I really like Tenet. I think the idea and the concept of going forward and backwards in time is good. I don't think, for me, and maybe there's, you know, there's that much, I don't know, edification in there, right? It was super good, enjoyable movie. Some of the scenes were just out of control, awesome. And that's kind of like what I think Halo is or something, you know, which is a sort of joint multiplayer shooter game, <laughs> right? It's suspenseful and each time, but at the end of it, I don't really know if there's that many benefits or second-order positive sub wins, if that makes sense. Like, you haven't necessarily learned about understanding other people better. You haven't learned about, like, you know, what, what does it mean to be a good, you know, to, to somebody else? You know, how do you walk a mile in someone else's shoes, you know, as an example. Uh, so that's some games that just thrillers that are very suspenseful, but not necessarily very substanceful. Um but other ones have a lot more substance. But that doesn't mean that, I, that they aren't fun, do you know what I mean? Uh, and so I think what you kind of want to have is, yes, of course kids have free time, etc. cetera, like play, I think James called it Pirates or whatever. Uh, but some of these things, like for me, I can't wait to read this book on SpaceX. It's going to be called Fun, do you mean? I'm watching a, a TV show on um, SBS called Addicted Australia, which is about people that have been addicts, and it's super interesting. It's not very uplifting because some of these, but it's super interesting in that like, okay, what, you know, learning about others, it can be so much fun, right? So it's a game of sorts. Mm. And it's, it's, it's I, I don't want to watch Like, There was some action movie oh. that I looked at last night. I was like, no, I don't want to watch it. Just because it was just, I don't know, blood and guts and whatever. I'm sounding like an old person. Whereas the other one is as good as escapism, but it's also got edification. And so perhaps for children, we can help with that. Scaffold, mm. delicious and nutritious ways to interact.
1: Hmm. I want to t- I want to try and like maybe go up a, a level in, um, in heuristics or um, whatever the right terminology is but going back to your original like you know title which you think get better because you make them better and how applying this notion of like the there's best games in life, the best, yeah. and this game of games can be helpful towards that so here's what I find the most helpful when you're thinking of like a game and how that applies to life. And for a game to be enjoyable, at least over medium to long term, it would seem to me universally, if they have to get harder as you play. Um, so, like using t- taking your example of things like um, you know games like Halo, or you know any other kind of like interactive video game, just as a as a single example, the longer you play them, the harder they get and i think that speaks to this idea of it's because it intuitively understands that the longer you play the game the better you get at it and so if it doesn't if it doesn't rise to your level of skill set it'll suddenly become boring and i think if we apply that same logic to life it helps us become a lot more i think engaged with it because i don't know about you Duncan, but sometimes i feel like man fuck, life is just too hard <laughs> <laughs> adulting is hard like <laughs> um and 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 while that might be true, if you look at it through the lens of well, what's the alternative? if it just never got any harder than when you were four years old, would you be as engaged with life as you are now?
0: Well, I think there's difficulty for difficulty's sake, and then there's difficulty because it actually helps the world improve uh and so to to me um Ultimately, hopefully, as you go along, you get more capable. You can't walk, you can't talk, you can't do maths, you know, you don't understand vocab words, uh, emotional vocab words, et cetera, right? And so to me, um, yeah, I hope that I'm more capable than I was, whatever, five years ago. Uh, better be, <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, learn things and, you know, knowledge, skills, etc. Uh, and so as such, the, the possibilities of what I can do should grow. But that's part of you, the best things in life get better because you make them better. Some people, again, are dealt a delta, you know, high hand, that's not so great, you're in a civil war in Syria or something. But if you're in Australia, I think hopefully more and more people are able to have a large say in creating a job, right? Um, and I think that, again, friendships too. So to me, a company in some respects is a multiplayer game where you want people to want to join and to stay and to add value, you know, which means it's a positive sum. So they earn a wage, they add value. Both There's some economic surplus created, you know, and that's split, you know, between the two of them. Um, to me, I suppose I didn't know very much when I was 20, and I don't think I had very much diversity in terms of friends. It's called going out and trying to meet people and, and probably drinking more than is wise. Whereas today, um, my friendship with James is, is like almost 0% of what we did when we were 20, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't really have another friendship like James. Uh, and, and I'm not saying I don't want another one, but like the others, like my sort of top five friendships are all wildly different they're the same a lot of them the same people I've known for like say 10 or 20 years but it's totally different um, and to me this is super interesting like it, it, is, is it a mutually positive sum game mm. I hope so mm. right but sometimes someone people want to play the game differently or whatever else it is but it, it's so interesting like expect the unexpected and I think what James was saying you get to set or have at least an influence in the rules of the game to see what works for you and what works for them and hopefully there's some overlap of the Venn diagram uh, and that that means you want to continue to play the game in the future. James and I speak to each other probably once every week or two, for one hour or two hours max. We live in different cities, you know, mm. and it's a game that I could conceive playing for the rest of my life. But point blank, like three or four years ago, I thought we were drifting apart and we didn't have things to talk about, and that we were on a path to not really talking often Like once a quarter, once a year, you know, and having some surface level "how are you?" And I was like, "Well, stuff it. I'm going to change the game. We're going to start mm. a podcast. So we're going to talk about other things. As in, we're going to make new games for the friendship." Mm.
1: Yeah, I think, um, like first of all, it, we should probably preface that everything... Preface, and I talk
0: Preface? <laughs> uh, preface. Preface. <Sorry. laughs> <No. laughs> I'm sure I've mispronounced hundreds of words. But yeah, you, <laughs> uh, your face. Your preface in your preface. I, I guess he wants to slap my face before he had his pronunciation of preface. <laughs> preface. Anyways, all right, whatever, go on. What were we saying?
1: It wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't mispronounce
0: something. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's come. preface
1: like, I mean we should preface everything that you and I have been
0: talking to about saying that now, we're 100% right objectively and nobody can question anything <laughs> <laughs> go um,
1: is that we're assuming that um, you know on the Maslow hierarchy of needs your basic needs are being met here like I'm just going back to the point yeah, you were making true. about like look if you're not in Syria facing civil war you don't war, have to worry about money or famine, food etc right yeah, safety. so like let's Like, we. I think we've been operating adding upside that, a lot of our friendships and um, jobs and you know, it, yeah. if your basic needs are met let's figure out how you want to play the game but I still think there's something to be said about that um, and what I'm trying to get to is again in um, so th- the topic at hand here is that in this podcast that we have lightly referenced Adam Robinson talks about how there is at the moment a um, an epidemic of uh, depression in like very very highly like when I say advanced I mean like western societies particularly among teenagers and younger and youth um they're more depressed and and what i equivocate this to is not being able to play the game well and they've been given a maybe you know a rough um set of guidelines up front the point i want to make is that up until let's say 200 years ago where we haven't been full masters of our environment the game of life was one of survival the basic needs like Do I have my physiological um, need met? Am I safe? And it would really like if you could answer yes to those two things, you're living the good life. Like, life is good. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I I do not expect more than that. And that makes things like simple is not doesn't mean easy. Life was much harder back then, but it was much simpler. Right? So if you could meet those basic needs on the hierarchy, then life was good. Today, those needs are met as a like in you know in most of the western world those needs are met as a precondition now you as an individual i think are now trying to figure out how to get your psychological and self-fulfillment needs met in this new game that you're playing and i don't know if the if everyone has the right tools or knowledge or understanding on how to play this game and as a result we're seeing um you know this play out in you know teenagers or younger generation becoming more depressed. Does that make sense? Or am I being a little bit too
0: generous? Yeah, I think you got off on a massive tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of the reason that teenagers have gotten is the rise of social media and phones. And what this means is that you are always, there's always the most important uh, influence in your life when you're younger, it's probably your parents. Then they talk about socialized mind where it's your peers. Uh, and then uh, hopefully at some point you become your own most important influence right Mm -hmm. and that's where you get to the self-authoring self-transforming when james and i went to yeah all of that plays
1: into the the aspect that we don't have a, a like those are none of those are situations of your basic needs being met or not they're all situations of your psychological needs i would posit if that makes sense
0: sure uh, anyways, what most people would say, that the major point of difference between, say, James and I were growing up in the 90s and kids today, is there's social media and phones and there's things like Instagram. And so the ability to be able to compare yourself to others has gone up significantly and the ability to be able to be bullied at home, as an example, everywhere, all day, every day, has gone increased. Uh, and so that the, I'm not saying there aren't other things, but one of the major points of difference is that at uh, that special or that, that the point of life where you are... You know i don't know much more anxious and, and sort of going through puberty etc the, the the things which you already worried about have basically been able to increase in in, in um, I don't know, magnitude and that we're seeing that uh you know in, in, in hit into anxiety and depression and suicide and other things look i think um, going back though um i didn't understand the concept of zero sum games or positive sum games like there are negative sum games like i don't know war but sometimes war is diplomacy continued by other means and there's no other way out you know, you, to, to, you have to put someone, stop someone, right? All that matters for evil to triumph is so for good people to, go to sit by and do nothing. And sometimes war is the, you know, the only sort of path. <laughs> uh, and so, to me, I think that if if I knew about this positive sum games and how to be a good player in those games, which means that you get to play more positive sum games and hopefully better positive sum games, and that you could make positive sum games, that would have been a fucking game changer. I mean, excuse my French, <laughs> <Do> you, like. <laughs> And so I think that James and my friendship at a macro level has been a positive sum game for, whatever, 30 years, right? But at a micro level, you know, things, are whatever, Monopoly, Mario Kart, etc. we were playing zero sum games, but in a sort of positive sum way in that we weren't losing belief in, in ourselves individually and we were trying to level up. And so I think what, what can happen explicitly and implicitly is allowing people or helping people understand that most of life can today uh, be a positive sum game. And that you can invent games, and that you're already doing that when you're at the whatever park, and you welcome to a new toddler, and you're like pirates or whatever it is, right? Uh, and so, to me, oh. um, I think we need to make far more positive-sum games, mm. far more games where there are, uh, I suppose, space for innovation or, or, or for students or for students or children to modify the games, you want to call that, or to level them up or to change them, mm. and to see this explicitly, because so much of the stuff that's measured is so zero-sum, you know, <laughs> uh, mm. and and then they, they look at their peers or whatever and they just place themselves as in, where do I sit in the hierarchy? Um, so to me, I think we can do a much better job of this. Um, and yeah. I didn't know this. And I think that hopefully we can help.
1: So this is where it's interesting because I feel like given the same information, especially when you and I experience the same friendship, at least that would be... <laughs> we, no, yeah. no, we weren't there. I'm actually of a different... Um, school of thought and that is I don't necessarily think we need to introduce more positive sum games to children um, for me I think it's what's helpful is going back to the point that you just mentioned which is we were playing zero sum games over a series of time that was positive sum but we didn't realise that at least on the face of it or at least consciously even though we continued to partake in it What I think will be helpful is helping is teaching children to appreciate the meta positive sum game in engaging on the individual level. So for me, teaching my six year old that how you play a game of Uno is far more important because of the game of game implications than winning or losing any one game, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does, but I don't think you... you, 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 So I think that we were, at a macro perspective, doing that when you and I were younger without necessarily knowing that we were right. But I don't necessarily think that all people do. But what I'm trying to say is you can make the micro games, Uno, positive sum by their nature, and explicitly so. So to me, what you're saying is important, but I think we can do better than that. We can have a lot of games which are positive sum. So I'd say a good activity for science or something, is a multiplayer, positive sum game where both people have grown at the end, and it's not about who grew the most, it's about whether you grew at all, right? Mm. And you can show this, and so it's about you know who you are today versus who you were yesterday, not who you are today versus somebody else, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, so to me, like... that's not easily and explicitly stated, in, in fact, it's the exact opposite in most games. And so you have to almost fight the tide as hard as possible to get people to not look at it from this zero sum lens. And so to me, you can re-change games to be positive sum, where it's explicitly that. So there's no fighting the type, There's no need to train your daughters to think about UNO in a positive way. It's mm-hmm. UNO is naturally thought about in a positive way because it's a different type of game. So to mm-hmm. me, that can be done, is done in certain places, and, um, yeah, is something that so, should be existing in the world. So
1: uh, positive sum games done well will have a, a, some kind of, I guess, clear basis of... Um, like growth or movement from a original setting that you can see the development and the the game from as a Mm. collective. Mm. Uh, Positive sum game
0: done poorly, participation trophy. Correct. Yeah, so I think like as an example, uh, Zelda is in some respect an adventure, right? But it's a little Mm. game, right? As opposed to chess, which isn't an adventure per se. It's just a sort of war with chess pieces, right? You know, zero sum sort of thing. Um, and so it's like an interactive book in some respects, Zelda. But what's happening is that you're learning how to, I don't know, operate Zelda. And you, so you go from, I don't know how, what these buttons do, to like the buttons are an extension of you. But you don't sit there and do the training and read the, the rules, etc. So to me, there is always learning going on, but it's enjoyable learning. It's relaxing learning. Not negative sum, you know, what the hell am I learning this for? <laughs> you know, training, <laughs> learning, right? But at the end of Zelda, if you've designed it properly... You've, you've not just learned how to operate Zelda and gone on an adventure. You've also learned about empathizing with others. You've also learned about collaboration. You've also learned about all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And so without needing to set a test per se, you can actually have the, the system having the test inside of it, if that makes sense. Like it's kind of real time having a view of what your thoughts are. So it can show growth. So to me, as an example, that's kind of what Reading Eggs is or what CodeSpark is. They're little challenges that are meant to be engaging. Where you get points at the end for doing it right, and it explains how well you've done this, and it's helping you learn useful real-world skills, not just a thriller that is suspenseful but also ultimately substanceless, right? Mm. Uh, and so, to me, what we can build <laughs> is well-designed multiplayer things um, and also single-player things, which show that life is a positive-sum game, and yeah. you have to almost fight as hard as you can to screw that up, as opposed to the opposite which is now, you have to fight as hard as you can to try to show how this zero-sum game can be viewed in a positive-sum light. Mm.
1: Mm. Tell you another positive-sum game I remember growing up. Lemonade stand. Do
0: you ever that? <laughs> <What? laughs> I, I, I think I not know a lemonade stand. It's not 100% sure why it's a positive-sum game and not sure why I would have viewed it as a game, but go on, I'm well, intrigued. Like,
1: well, I mean, the game Lemonade stand, where you start off selling lemonade with a small little cart, and then as you um you know build your business you can turn it into a um a thriving enterprise uh as in you're selling a,
0: lemonade on the street or you actually play a game called lemonade stand
1: you're actually playing a game called lemonade stand oh really
0: okay i do not know this game called lemonade stand
1: oh there you go but maybe an actual real application of selling lemonade on the streets probably be just as applicable in this circumstance where you would bring kids together and you would say like figure out how to create a business or figure out how to make money on your own yeah and you'd be amazed at what kids come up with um, and that to me has a lot more uh, application in the real world because that's kind of what the real world is <laughs> You're like how do you create something of value that yeah. other people would want to buy and it's not just about the idea or the product itself but yeah. the business and the operations you need to put together around that and I think um, I've seen really, really tangible examples of kids getting together and figuring that out like from zero to one, like reinventing the wheel maybe, but like going through that process for them is a huge learning experience. and It's a mm. massive um, sense of achievement and enjoyment they get out of
0: that. Well, because the world in some respects has like, you know, output has gone up, right? Uh, and so tractors have replaced humans. That's like a positive sum game. And then other humans get to do something else. Uh, and so an economy done well is a positive sum game. An economy done badly is not these people are subjugated, you know, and are slaves effectively working for some ruler or something, right? Um, so an economy done well, you're better to be part of it, like a well-functioning country, right? Uh, and so I think that... On, I'm not saying every game is positive sum, but on average we have more and more positive sum games than before and that I think you get to create some of them yourself. And a micro version might be you and one other person or a friendship or just a game with yourself called saturday recharge time you know <laughs> or something right <laughs> um and, and it's positive something to sort of do um but i think it's really 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 interesting um that i didn't know you could create new games and just showing that stuff um and, and in some respects again like well, what are you doing with yourself because you're in a relationship with yourself and what games do you play with yourself well sometimes i go and get a massage and i used to think it was some extravagance um but now what it is actually is Away from my mind to relax, like it's very hard for my. It's like an hour and a half of meditation because I'm not reading anything and my mind just goes into sort of neutral and it's. Ve- I can't sit and meditate for an hour and a half. Like I literally can't. Like normally after about half an hour, I'm like skin's crawling. Like the others, I'm sure, are perhaps have better discipline than me. Uh, but now, pretty
1: impressive, I- dude.
0: Yeah, well, but hour yeah, but like an hour and a half for this. If I'm in a float tank, it's different. I can more, but again, it costs money. And so I used to look at it like, oh, it's it's wasting money, luxury. I'm like, no, it's not a luxury. It's a necessity. Because if I don't do this, my mind doesn't get the space to unwind. So it's a game with myself, right? Another game is go for a walk, like any new beautiful place, you just look at nature. Like, hell yeah. And so, seriously, go for a walk in nature is what I try to do once a week, a new place and not been before. Whereas 20 year old Doku would be like, that is the worst idea that how about we go and get drunk in a new place you know <laughs> that's all like a good <laughs> idea how about we meet some new people you know and now i'm like i don't want to meet new people because you know sometimes people take energy from me you know i'm just i've got nothing, no words left in the tank and sometimes they give me energy but i, I don't want to speak to people all day of every day so there's some sort of profile like some new new people hours a week but i'm talking about like a few hours max you know whereas when i was 20 it was like 20 hours a week or something anyways we have got to wrap this up so james got more important than summary town Alright,
1: summary time So, uh, life gets better because you make them better what No, no, that the mean?
0: best things in life get better because you make them better
1: Okay, the best
0: things in life get better because you make
1: them better yeah. I think, so, um, the overall model, mental model we're applying here is that Look at life as a game And what did it mean to be playing a game And what did it mean to be playing a series of game or game of games uh, For me, while, you know using Duncan and my friendship as an example, we have been playing these zero-sum games in individual circumstances over a period of, let's say, 20 years. Um, There was a meta-positive sum game playing out that entire time, whether we were aware of it or not. And I think by bringing awareness of that um, would be really helpful. You know, I could see how it would have been helpful for you and I um, earlier on, because it probably would have made us go even deeper into it than we did, um, to appreciate that these individual games, although there was one winner, would grow both of us and we would ascertain a level of enjoyment out of those um, individual instances that made us want to come back even you know, more foolhardy the next time. <laughs> So I think by looking at life in that way that you can, you can decide what games you want to play, for starters. You know, that's kind of where you get to this self-authoring mind. You're no longer, um, you know, if you're at the, the socialized level, you might still be driven by the rules of society or by other people. Um, and that might be defining how you play the game. For me, you can decide what games you want to play and how you want to play them. Then you can decide how they can be positive some then you can decide how playing them over a series of games or in a meta way, what principles will make them as enjoyable, not only for yourself, but potentially for others that you want to involve in. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think um, the best games are positive some on a micro and a macro level. Um, and if you're a good player of those games, you find ways for others to win. Uh, and that's called you winning from a second order perspective and also for you to win too, right? Um, So you're increasing the amount of positive sumness, not trying to get as much of the positiveness as possible, right? (laughs) Um, And then if that's the case, that you have others want to bring you new games and want to continue playing games with you. And so I didn't know that. um, And I think that one lens, and this is like, you know, Adam Robinson saying the game of life, um, is that friendships are a game of sorts. That's one lens and way to look at them. And good friendships are, are macro positive and micro positive sum and that you're helping, you know, others. Now, that doesn't mean every time, but, you know, hopefully 75% or more of the time it's a positive sum game for both players. And that you can create new games. Um, uh, And so, to me, I didn't know that either. Um, And so, it's kind of like a a company is a similar thing, done well, a positive sum game. Um, And it's creating a new emergent layer of possible games to play, uh, which is really interesting. So, I think that we've sort of figured this out not necessarily by design we sort of somehow stumbled into it right um but i think that i don't know others do um and i'm very very happy that i feel like we sort of stumbled into this and i think that the standard story is zero sum (laughs) and (laughs) that you know monopoly school rankings sport etc and that we we can and hopefully can help younger people see this sooner um explicitly and implicitly and so it sounds like a good way to spend one of your games you know, as in your work game, doing. Haha. ha! All right, James. Enough. I'll speak to you. <laughs> soon. Yeah, that could. Right.